0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. From the South Georgia Plains to the North Georgia Mountains. Once a year, the young and the old descend on our NASCAR race weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Building new traditions and rekindling old ones as a new season springs to life. Racing runs deep into the heart of Georgia. February 23rd and 24th, it's Saturday's Renai 250 and Atlanta 200 doubleheader. And Sunday's thrilling Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Sunday tickets start at $49. And kids' tickets are just 10 bucks at atlantamotorspeedway.com. Good
2: evening from the Pit Stop Radio LLC Man Cave here in Talladega, Alabama. Uh, the way to Crow Flight, I'm about uh, probably 8 miles south of this 2.66 mile march. We call Talladega Super Speedway. I'm Tim Despain alongside of com Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway up in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, how you doing tonight, brother?
3: I'm doing all right. Getting myself ready to go for 11 days on the road daytona and atlanta coming up so
2: fun times and finally steven like you said we finally had some cars on the track we had uh we had the ARCA racing series was down there at daytona this past weekend we also had the uh the uh qualifying we had we had the clash and uh we got a lot to talk about. But uh, anyway, I don't let anybody know the number to call is 215-383-3681. Like I said, I'm Tim Despain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Steven Wilson. At 20 after the hour, we got my good friend, KBR Development Driver, Mr. Brandon but Reynolds is going to swing into Pit Stop and talk about his deal down there with uh, the Arca Racing With it, Now it's called, Stephen. it's the Arca Menard Series, correct? Didn't they sign a press release or something the other day, and they sort of changed it?
3: Yes, yeah, so now it's the Arc and Menard series. Um, instead of just being presented by Menards, this is something that as NASCAR continues to integrate ARCA into the grand scheme of things, and their series and their um, their uh, um, um, sanctioning body, um, these are things that have continued to change and are continuing to evolve uh, over time. And it, uh, NASCAR took took over ARCA officially on the first of uh, January this year, but um, you know, total integration into the series won't be until uh, later on. Um, uh, I think. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, next year in 2020.
2: That's right, and Stephen, like I said, we finally get cars back on the track. Uh, you're headed down to Daytona for the uh, for the running of the Great American Race this coming weekend. You're leaving out, I think, Thursday. Valentine's Day. I know AEM hates that, but uh man's got a job to do, man's got a job to do. But uh anyway, with all that being said, Stephen, uh we had cars on a track like I keep saying. Uh the qualifying deal down there. We had uh two two Chevrolets, two Hendrick Chevrolets sitting on the front row again for the running of the great American race. And I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the seventh consecutive year that a Chevrolet has set on the pole for the Daytona 500.
3: Yeah, it's also the 700 pole for Chevrolet and Team Chevy um, in, in the premier series of NASCAR going back all the way to 1949. Um, so that's a huge accomplishment for them. This isn't the first time that uh, uh, Hendrick Motorsports Sports has swept the first row. Um, they've done it before. Uh, last year, Alex Bowman sat on the pole. This year, he was on the outside pole with William Bryer getting his first pole of 2019, but also the first pole of his career. So those guys have been able to do something with Team Chevy with uh, running very, very fast laps. But overall, in the last, I believe it's like... Um, of uh, the the last 11 events that have been run on restricted plates, uh, Ford has won 9 out of the 11, if I remember correctly.
2: And you bring up restricted plates, Stephen. Uh, this is going to be the last race here if the sanctioned body runs under what they call quote unquote a restrictor plate at Dayton International Play. With. When they come here to my home track at Talladega, they're gonna be running that tapered spacer. Can you sort of explain to our listeners, I don't want to put you on the spot, explain to them exactly what the difference is in a uh in a restrictor plate and a tapered spacer. And just throw my two cents out there is it has something to do with air intake as far as I can tell. Uh I'm not a I'm not an engineer. I'm not a mechanic, but it's not going to be that much difference. just even from the plate to the taper spacer.
3: Yeah. So the one thing that the difference is is that both of them inherently do it. almost it's something similar, which is starve the engine uh, of of air flow into um, the intake manifold. Um, the restrict plate does it by boring holes. Um, at varying different degrees, um, and that will change the horsepower level. The one thing, difference is, is that um, it the the tapered spacer does the exact same thing um, by restricting the airflow, but it does not do it in the aspect of boring holes and a thin plate, so it's more open. So this gives it a little bit more throttle response that you didn't have in the restrictor plates. And this is something that teams and drivers have continuously said, that if they had more throttle response, then they feel like they may be able to um, – they feel like they could – avoid some racks and have a little bit more control in their car instead of just flat-out running it. Um, I'm not an engineer, so I'm not going to profess to be one and try and go through a, a, a large array of uh, information on what uh, the restricted plates do and what the restricted plates don't do. But um, I will say that, you know, they do... Um, you know, they 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 the uh, the restricted plate does have less throttle response overall. <coughs>
2: and Lester to let uh to let y'all know what Stephen's talking about, uh here at my home track Talladega super speedway and down there at Daytona International Speedway, uh the restricted plate, like he said, it starves the stars the engine for uh for fuel. And with that being said, uh Stephen they lined up single file quicker than they thought they would than I thought they would at the clash this past weekend down there at Daytona. They got lined up, and we didn't really see the big one To you know we We had some you know some close calls they were shuffling and everything, but I never thought they would line up that quick, Stephen, going into that bigger race with that short of time lining up on the top, and with that being said, that's the fastest. It's not the it's the fastest, but it's not the fastest way around. The quickest way around is on the bottom, but for some reason the bottom couldn't go, like the top did there at Daytona. It is with that being said, with that restrictor plate, you think we could see something different at Talladega rather than them lining up at the top in the classes? I know, mean, like I said, I'm 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 not an no engineer, I'm not an no aero guy, so I don't know what they're gonna do in the 500. We'll have to wait and see. But it is gonna be the last race on a super splitway with a restrictor plate. So it's it's
3: gonna be something to see in it, brother. Yeah, I mean there it's gonna be interesting. I think we um saw just a little bit of a taste of what we're gonna get this weekend, which is probably not abnormal uh when you look at restrictor plate races overall. Um this you know, seventeen cars uh, had some some kind of issue uh, in, in one massive wreck out there um that is far from some of the biggest ones that we've seen that have been in the twenty car range plus um uh, but uh yeah I, I i think that you know we could see some uh, you know we we could definitely see some uh you know some of that same going on uh coming up um, in uh in next weekend in Daytona of five hundred
2: And Stephen, there was some breaking news come out. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think it was Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, somebody else. Uh, was it the car chief? Did they get? Did they get hit by this new, this new rule, this post-race or this pre-race inspection deal there from the sanctioning body?
3: Yeah, same thing as last year. They took the cars prior to the prior to qualifying, and there was um, they uh, took in. Uh, they bounced the car chiefs on three different cars, both um Austin Dillon and Todd Dowen and uh I can't I can't remember who's the third car but yeah they, they tossed three of them out of there um this this uh this past weekend for Daytona five hundred qualifying so they're they're out of there for the entire for the entire deal now. They can come back at Atlanta.
2: Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. They are out just for the Daytona five hundred and weeks, and they can come back to the ATL, right? Yes. Okay. Stephen, let's take a little quick break. We're going to stretch our esophagus and get ready for uh, KBR development. Driver Mr. Brandon Reynolds is going to be joining us here shortly, but uh, Stephen, let's take a little quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, I'm Tim Espain, and he's uh, Stephen Wilson from SpeedwayDigest.com.
4: One more night, one more down, one more, one more round. First one in, last one out. Giving this town of the to talk about, but they don't know, but they don't know. People say I got. Yes, yeah, I'm wrong and
1: On February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com.
2: We're back live at the pit stop with the Spanish Stephen Wilson. Uh, I'm right outside of the the two point six six mile monster we call Super Speedway, and he is right outside of the Richmond Raceway up there in Commonwealth, Virginia. Stephen, like I said, the number to call in is two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. Coming up here shortly, we got Brandon Reynolds is going to join us. But uh, Stephen, we had uh, we had talked a little bit about. Uh, about the uh, the uh, drafting and stuff at Daytona and bump drafting and stuff, and I want to get uh, Brandon's take, you know. Brandon and uh, Todd Gillian was pushing him, and they was getting some yonder, brother, and then all of a sudden they run up on, uh, I think they're Rick Mavoy, uh, uh, Brett Holmes, just right up here in Milk by my vet. That was some, the Archer series had some really good racing in it, bro.
3: Yeah, I was pretty surprised at how it was this year. I mean, we we all know what happened last year with the multiple overtimes and the multiple wrecks throughout the entire race that it just kind of turned into a bit of chaos. This year, it seems it would be a little bit uh, more tame throughout the event. Whether the weather that was potentially um, threatening throughout the day uh, was a factor into this or or not, Um, we've seen weather affect events, uh, both with people getting antsy because they're trying to make it. To the the halfway marker or you know an official race and sometimes we've seen them so races too so you know a lot of different factors but there was a lot of good racing overall within the arc racing series
2: yeah you're you're exactly right i think suzanne has brandon over in the screening room right now we're going to let them get through and um uh, we're going to bring on him uh i know uh he 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 had one hell of a run down there. Brandon Mack had a hell of a run down there. So let's, let's go ahead and bring on uh, KBM, K, not KBM, KBR development driver, uh, Mister Brandon McReynolds in the pit stop, and his playing Stephen Wilson.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome
2: to the main event. Mr. Brandon McReynolds, how you doing tonight, brother? I think Brandon dropped. Yeah, Brandon dropped. Something must have come up. Maybe he'll come on right back here shortly. Or either we could, either I can see if I can call him. Let me see if I can find his number. He'll probably jump back. You know, I know he said he, he he had a good bit going on. There he is. Let's go ahead and bring him right back in. Let's let's bring on uh connection. My good friend Brandon McReynolds. Brandon, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are y'all? I'm doing good, Brandon. Thank you very much for taking time to call in tonight. Uh, Brandon, uh, just talk a little bit about how you know you you won the Arca race here at, at which I say it's your home track too at But you've you've got you you got in there with the KBR Development Group. Talk a little bit about how all that went down in your and with them signing you to go to Daytona for the Arca series this. Yes, yeah, yeah,
5: no, I uh, KBR development guys, uh, a gentleman by the name of Mike Bursley out of uh, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan actually owns that team, and and I drove for them uh, a couple of years ago down at the Snowball Derby in uh, Pensacola, Florida, and really ever since then, Mike and I have become really good friends and and uh, just stayed in touch over the last couple of years and he started talking about wanting to, to start an ARCA program for their current driver, Carson Hosovar, who, who will compete this year on all the short tracks uh, in the ARCA series just due to his age. But um, he ended up buying, Mike ended up buying a super speedway car from uh, MDM. Um, and really that, that test rolled around, a, I guess a couple months ago or a month ago. And um, Mike needed somebody to drive it. So he called me up and he's like, Hey, do you want to come down and do the test for us? And, um, and obviously, we went and did that, and it went pretty well. So, you gave me an opportunity to um, to come back and run the race. So, um, definitely, really appreciative of, of Mike and that entire team for for giving me a chance. Because ultimately, they you know they could put anyone they would like in it, and it's nice enough for them to let me come down here to Daytona and have a little bit of fun in the Arker race.
2: And Brandon, how fitting is it with David going into the Hall of Fame this year for you to be driving them iconic? Paint scheme colors in that number twenty eight car. Can you talk a little bit about that too, brother?
5: Yeah, no, that was that was really cool. I mean, obviously the Allison family and and, and my family are are very close, and um, Davy's actually my godfather. So to have that connection, and then obviously the time with with Dad and, and Davy's relationship working together on the twenty eight car um, and having a lot of success in the early nineties, um, and then ironically our our uh, KBR Development Chevrolet it's actually the number 28 so same deal uh, Mike Bursley called me a few weeks ago and he was like hey I, I'd really like to run this paint scheme I hope it's okay with you and your family and hopefully the Allison family really appreciates it um, he was aware that, that Davey was going into the Hall of Fame so it ended up really tying, tying really well together um, obviously getting those guys some more exposure um, for the for the arc race being on FS1 and um, but I, I think I think everyone appreciated it. I know there was a lot of a lot of fans in the garage area that were walking up and taking pictures of it. We got a lot of compliments from our competitors and on social media. So it's just something we wanted to do as a group um, to really honor Davey and the things that he did in the sport and, and ultimately his entire family. So um, I think it worked out well, and uh, it was working like we were going to take take that car to victory lane there um, with about a lap and a half left, just come up a little short.
2: That's right, brother, and one hell of a damn sharp-looking piece, brother. But uh, I want to talk about the first practice. Uh, you 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 turned one hell of a lap down here at Daytona International with a forty-nine point oh one four speed of one eighty-three point six two one in the first practice. And can you walk us through that lap and just how just how smooth was it? I mean, you know, because I mean, you outpaced the field. You outpaced Todd Gillian uh, by uh, almost a tenth and a half.
5: Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I, I kind of got lucky on that lap in, in practice. I, I, um, I was trying to blend in with. I think it was a group of ten or twelve cars, and just uh, we were gonna try to get our our grill tape right for the race, and um, just make sure that we weren't gonna overheat in traffic or anything like that, and, and do a little bit of a fuel mileage run. So, um, I just happened to drop in line last, actually behind Todd in the four, and um that whole entire field had about four or five car lengths on me. So I was able to run wide open the whole way around, and it just sucked me up to the back of Todd by the time I got to the start finish line, and that's how we were able to go to the top of the chart. So, um, you know, a lot of times in Daytona you see guys that have really good overall speed by themselves. Our our car, for whatever reason, was pretty slow by itself, but ultimately – it was a good thing because on, on the opposite end of it, it was actually like really, really good at sucking up in the draft and, and we showed that in practice. So um, yeah, the, the KVR guys did a really nice job and brought a, a good piece, you know, to the racetrack. But lucky, luckily enough for our team uh, being new to the Arca series, it was, it was nice to be bringing a car that Sheldon Creed had run down there the year before with MDM and had a lot of speed. So we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. We just had to make sure and take care of it there in practice and, and obviously qualifying, and then uh move on to the race and go go have a little bit of fun
2: that's right, and Brandon, my final question before I hand you over to stephen wilson's be dot com is uh is are you planning on running the full Auker racing series this year with k b r or can you talk about that
5: uh no that, my, my plan right now is i i have uh, five or six k and races scheduled with, uh, with Viscani Motorsports, who I drove for last night over at New Smyrna, and we wound up coming home uh, third over there at that track. And then um, So I'm going to run all the big tracks for Viscani. And then um, my plan with, with KBR Development and Mike Bursley and those guys is to run a lot of the bigger tracks, because Carson Hosvar is going to be in on all the short tracks this year, which makes up about 10 or 11 of the races. So there's there's eight or nine that I'm looking at running, um, a lot's going to depend on funding. I know, I know Mike's uh, constantly looking for um, opportunities with, with good drivers that, that obviously can bring some, some partners partnerships to the table. But ultimately, if that's not in place, then, then it sounds like I'm going to be the guy driving the car. So it's, it's a really great opportunity for me um, to keep my driving dreams or career or whatever you want to call it alive. Um, so just need to try to make the most of it, but I'm really not sure what those races are looking like um as of right now, I'm planning on running Talladega, but obviously, if something comes in place or if there's a driver that um uh, has funding um to be able to go down to talladega then then that'll probably happen but um either way, just just very very appreciative of, of Mike and the whole entire team for for even entertaining me
2: being able to race those races. That's right. Be awesome to see you here, see you here at Daga in, in that special paint scheme again for Davey. That would be awesome, Brandon. Yeah. And again, thank you very much. Thank you very much for taking time to call in. Good luck the rest of the year. Don't be a stranger. We want to have you back on. Uh, tell Larry Mac. Tell everybody we said hello. and I'm going to throw you over to Stephen Wilson, com. Thanks again, Brandon. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate you taking the time to come
3: on here tonight. My first question is actually about your K&N race last night. You started third and you finished third out there. There was a lot of good racing around the range track that we saw. Talk a little bit about your night overall at New Spirno Speedway.
5: Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good night for us. Um, you know, I felt like we had pretty solid speed in practice. Um, I was uh, Really, I was kind of watching the uh, the 19, of Haley Degan, and a few other cars that I thought were probably a little bit better than us, but it, um, Bruce Cook, my, my crew chief, he did a really good job just kind of making sure that, that myself and the whole entire team just kept our head down and kept focused on what we need to do to make our car better throughout practice and, and really focus on the longevity because we were on the general tire, which was the first time the Canon series has been on that. Um, and with that race being 175 laps, uh, no you know, no, no change in tires or anything like that, there's a lot of unknowns. so. Uh, Bruce and I and, and Tim Peter, and my spotter kind of came up with a game plan and that we were going to ride. Um, I probably rode a little too much, too much track position, but was able to kind of work my way up through there towards the end of the race and ended up third. So it was just really towards the end, I felt like the top five were all kind of the same speed. It was just a matter of how the restart shook out. And um, but all in all, a good good night for us, and, and we just got to. Get our car, you know, back to the shop and and get prepared and and get it ready for Bristol.
3: ARCA Racing Series has run those general tires in the past for the last couple of years, but you just made mention of the fact this is the first race weekend that NASCAR has changed over from the good years to the to the general tires. How much of a difference has that made in those cars um, mm-hmm. by going to general tires? Is there any noticeable difference um, that you've seen in, in running the two series with the, with the with the tires from General?
5: Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a good tire. I mean, I think last night was a really good a really good test for that tire running a hundred and seventy five green flag laps on it. Um or, or however many green flag laps so we wound up running, but um that's a that's a pretty long, that's a long time on, on one set of tires. I mean, I know in the Arca, Arca series they're able to come down and, and change their tires, so no one has ever run that many laps um, on, on one set. So, I think they're going to hold up well. I know there's a there's a tire test going on up in Bristol on Tuesday. Um, so, that would be interesting. I know Bristol's really hard on right front tires, especially uh, you know, over a long course of time and building a lot of heat in the right front on that concrete surface. So, that'll be interesting to see how that goes and we'll kind of know more after that. But, um, yeah, all in all, kind of as a driver, I mean, they, they drive a lot more like a, like a bias ply tire versus a radial, um, which is what a lot of these guys are used to whenever they're running in local eight mile series or, or touring series around the country. Um, so I, it was, uh, I don't know, it worked out all right. I wish I would have abused the, the general tires a little bit more last night and maybe could, could have come home with a checker flight, but, um, they held up pretty well.
3: What would you like to see NASCAR do as far as the integration between the ARCA Racing Series and the k Series? Both of these have been are development series that a lot of drivers, or just about every driver making their self a career, in the top three series are going to come through at some point. So what would you like to see NASCAR do as far as combining the two series or integrating them together?
5: Yeah, it's a good question. I you know, kind of taking a step back and, and, and looking at the two series, I think it's great that ARC obviously goes to, you know, Michigan and Pocono and places like that for a little more experienced drivers. But really I think something that, that they that they need to do a good job at that's that's very important to this two series is obviously first and foremost just making sure that that the cars are the same. I mean, yeah, ultimately you can go and build a ARCA car and you could probably get away with going and putting a different motor in it and running it in the k series. But ultimately I think if they're going to keep their car counts up, they got to make sure that the vehicles are all the same in that way. Whenever you're young and you're trying to learn, you can go race at new Smyrna on, you know, on a Sunday night, but at the same time you can, you can go take that same car and go down to Pensacola, Florida to run the ARCA race in a couple of weeks. So, um, I think that's first and foremost is NASCAR and ARCA putting their heads together and figuring out what motor they're going to run um, with both, and I'm sure those meetings are happening on a consistent basis. Um, but that's really the integration that I think is so important for for the health of those two series and the car count and for the teams, and, and, and that's, that's what's most important is in these development series we got to take care of our owners and and we got to make sure that our owners are able to stay around for a little while. And if they go start purchasing different types of cars and building different types of cars for intermediate, short tracks, super speedways, K and N cars, ARC cars, that's, that's, you run up that budget pretty high doing that. So I think the more they can get a generic car together, um, which you hear a lot of conversations about and just find a way to run the same motor for each series. I think that'll be beneficial for everyone.
3: If you had a choice, what's one racetrack out there, a former racetrack that, that either NASCAR or ARCA or K&N no longer go to, that you would like to see them go back to in the future?
5: That's a good question. I mean, i I, I think uh, I think it'd be cool to see a K&N race at, at you know in, in North Carolina in, in the heart of racing, um, whether it was at Hickory Motor Speedway or go back to a place like Tri County that's really wore out, um, Orange County. I think really any any racetrack that the Hooters Pro Cup used to go to, um, that was some of the best racing that, that I ever remember watching, um, being a young kid and, and growing up running the Allison Legacy like series when we were kinda of touring around with those guys. So um I think the more that um you know, NASCAR, ARCA, these teams can, can really pay attention to those type of type of tracks, uh if the promoters will have them, I think it uh it'd be great to to, to have a race at, at Hickory or, or a place like that.
3: Brandon, I appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight and listen and talk a little bit about what you've got going on this year. Before we let you get out of here, I'll give you a chance to thank anybody, your sponsors, your car owners, uh, anybody that's helped you get to your point in your career and let everybody also know where they can follow you out on social media and keep up with you throughout the year. Thanks a lot, and good luck throughout 2019.
5: No, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I hope everyone uh, – you know, just keep checking out KBR Development. Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at McReynolds 28 And uh, just really got to thank U.S. Workboats and Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for coming on board uh, for the Daytona Arca Race and obviously the Riker Group with our Wisconsin Motorsports Chevrolet on the K&N side. So definitely appreciative of all those partners and, and the teams and hopefully just keep plugging away and have ourselves good year and try to get as many wins as we
2: can. Thanks and all. Brandon, before you jump team. out here, uh, can you answer? We got a caller call in, right? Quick, Brandon, can you take one caller before you jump out?
5: Yeah, for sure.
2: Okay, this is my good friend Shannon Paris. Uh, Shannon, you're in the pit stop. tennis Piney, Stephen Wilson, and Mr. Brandon McReynolds. What's your question to Brandon, Shannon? Um, Brandon, first of all,
6: congratulations on the race Saturday. He, It didn't end well, but you did amazing. We in Wyoming, we're cheering for you. That car brought memories and tears. And um, I've been a NASCAR fan since probably 1980. And we had a discussion today about the younger, up and coming kids. When like Kyle Petty and those guys started, it was on talent. And Mm -hmm. now it seems it's more on. Who's got the backing? What is your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a tough question. It's um, the sports, the business model has definitely changed. Um, you know, I, and me and my buddies are actually we're driving back from uh, we went down to Universal Studios down here in Daytona. We had a little bit of an off day, just getting ready for the rest of Speed Weeks here starting tomorrow. But um, we had that same discussion. It's it's tough because ultimately the most important thing is making sure that the lights be on in these buildings and people stay employed. But, but you're right. I mean, um, we see a lot more drivers, kids, uh, even some adults that come into to to the sport that bring funding with them. And, and, and ultimately I don't, I don't see any issue with that. I think the thing that all of us racers get upset with is whenever that opportunity is not taken advantage of, um, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, um, a kid or a driver coming from money, whether it's family money or, or if it's a sponsor that they've found. But, um, ultimately, I think all of us in the sport just hope that guy, when guys or girls that come in with that situation, that, that they take it seriously and they, they handle their business and they carry themselves in a good way or, and try to read the sport better than where they, where they found it, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, definitely different. Um, than what you, well, what we all saw, you know, 10, 20 years ago where, if you were winning on your short track level, you got a phone call and every once in a while and you get a break to go run an arc car or you get a break to go run a truck or Xfinity car. And now that model's changed and, and that's just where we're at. I, I don't think it's ever going to be fixed to be honest with you, but ultimately uh, you just hope that those guys and girls that come into the sport, they, they just take good care of it and really appreciate it. Cause um that's that's the hardest part of what we do is being able to find the funding to go out there and do what we all love to do and that's that's go out there and put a helmet on and go race
6: very very true and i i that's where i see it going too but i'm old school and I yeah i just hope and i i agree with you i hope they take it serious because they need to because it's a very direct sport and they have to have their heart and soul into it to be a racer.
5: Yeah, no, absolutely.
6: But you did amazing Saturday. It was awesome to see you race again and we only hope for good things for you. I'm in Wyoming, so I only get to see little parts. So
2: sure, Thank you yes, so very much. Yeah, I got you. Thank you, you guys. Jennifer. Thank you, Shannon. That was Shannon. Uh, she is a she was a big David Allison fan, too, uh, Brandon. And I don't want to, you know, Brandon. Anyway, Brandon, thanks again. I know we keep you longer than we should, but that was my good friend there from Wyoming, and I know she wanted to talk to you because she's, she's never been here to talk. To she's never been around an Alabama game. But, again, Brandon, thank you very much. Good luck on the rest of the season, and I hope to see you in Dagger, brother.
5: Okay, thank you, guys. I appreciate you all having me on.
2: You're welcome, Brandon. Don't be a stranger, brother. We'll get you back.
5: Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Brandon. Stephen has Brandon McReynolds there, uh driver number twenty eight. K don't want to get wrong. KBR development thing there. I mean, uh Brandon has been around and just like Shannon called in there asking the question about, you know, some of these young guys like Brandon that is been trying to work his way up. He's won the awkward race here at my home track, Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, he had a hell of a run down there at Daytona. Todd Gillen pushing. Then all of a sudden, they got up there on the back stretch, and damn, they didn't get into my good buddy, Brett Holmes. So, hell, I was stuck between a rotten hard place there. I thought, oh, good Lord, are we going to have a Jerry Springer show? But uh, Brandon is a good young man, Steven. Uh, He's, I mean, you know, he. He just throws it out there just like his dad, Larry Mack, does. And, you know, it's hard to get funding in this sport, just like Shannon asked him that question there. It's very, very, very hard to get funding in this sport. And I think he might be on a good deal there. Like he said, he's going to go back and race some races with, with John Visconti and the K&N stuff, and he's hoping he's going to get to race at Talladega. But, Steve, just let our listeners know just how damn hard it is to get sponsorship. You know, I mean, even with his name, Mick Reynolds, just like I've asked Larry, Mac, Larry Max, him, it is just so damn hard to get money. But uh, I don't know, Steve.
3: I mean, this this has been going on for a fair year, uh, fair amount of years. So As the market dollars continue to shrink within the sport, it's harder and harder. We see more and more family uh, teams, so to speak, or family drivers, so to speak, that come into the sport uh, mom and dad have money, mom and dad own a business, uncle, cousin, grandfather, somebody somebody has a has some money, has a business. Um they put these kids in cars, uh, go cars, light mall, stuff like that. And uh, you know, um teens come, you know, they they, they they see these drivers coming up but they're also looking to make sure that the drivers can support themselves because again the marketing dollars are continuing. To get smaller all over the years. I mean look just a couple of years ago is a prime example of to to this fact. Um, Rick Hendrick uh, had Dale Earnhardt in a car for him. And for Dale Earnhardt Junior to be in a car, I mean that's a fairly that's pretty popular. There's probably nobody arguably any more popular than Dale Earnhardt Junior is in, in the modern era. And he was having trouble putting together a full-season package of sponsorship. And, you know, Rick Hendricks said that, you know, he wasn't going to back off the, the number of dollars that it costs to run a program. He said he just wasn't going to back off those dollars. And, you know, at the end of the day, sure, sponsors came in. Uh, And, you know, Dale wasn't in any means threatened by getting out the car and being replaced by somebody that had money. But it just shows that somebody of the caliber of Dale Earnhardt Jr. even had sponsorship problems. Even Jimmy Johnson, who had Lowe's had been on that car for his entire career in NASCAR, they decided to walk away from the sport and Jimmy had to sign somebody new. Uh, I mean, we've had numerous, numerous, numerous amount of people that have come into this board that have been backed by a family, by a corporation that um, they're a part of or somebody owns part of that corporation. We've had problems, um, you know, with those at the same time. Uh, we're... These people, they come in, and and they have the money to back them, but unfortunately they don't get paid as a team. So, you know, these are risk assessments that teams have to make when they go out, and they're not only approaching sponsors and saying, hey, I need $5 million for every single race I put your name on the hood for the Daytona 500. And, no, I can't come down on that $5 million or whatever the number Uh, You know, I'm not privy to these numbers, but at the same time, it's millions of dollars that teams are spending to go to Speedwix. They're preparing multiple cars. They have dozens of people working at the track, hundreds of people working at the shop. These are businesses. They have to continue to stay profitable some way, somehow, otherwise they go out of business just like anything else does. And anybody else, if you go to the store and it's $5 for the product, they price the $5 because that's the way that they're going to stay in business. Everybody has to get paid. Everybody has to uh, make a profit some way, somehow. Racing is no different. But as marketing dollars continue to shrink, we continue to see problems of teams that uh, are, are signing four, five, six, seven different uh, primary sponsors for a year. We see more drivers coming into the sport that have the factory, or well, not the factory, but the family backed uh, backing uh, of them. And this is going to continue to be an evolution within NASCAR. That's not going to change anytime soon. There's no solutions for this because racing is inherently expensive. It's inherently dangerous. There's a lot of risk involved, both from the business owner that is fielding the cars, but the business owner that's putting their name on the car, the driver getting in the car. So there's this This is a multifaceted problem. They've tried to solve it for years. Um, how you solve it, I don't know. But the thing is, the more you're only going to go as fast as money will allow you. And the more money you have, the faster you go.
2: You hit the nail on the head, brother money. And Stephen, before we jump out of here, uh, I know we there's been a lot of speculation about the class there with Jimmy Johnson and Paul Menard. And some people say Paul Menard come down and come to block, and some people say Jimmy Johnson went up. Uh, you know, I don't know. But Stephen, uh, let's, let's you and I take a break. Uh, I'm going to play the Media Center audio. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, winner of the class here at Daytona International Speedway and let's see what he has to say and then we'll come back and talk about it and then we'll jump out of here.
0: Alright, we're going to wrap up our post-race media availabilities from today's Advanced Auto Parts class here at Daytona International Speedway. We are now joined by our race winner, Jimmy Johnson, driver of the number 48, Ally Chevrolet. We will open it up to questions. We'll start up front with Jerry and then go to Holly?
1: Jerry Jordan, KickingTheTires.net, and AP Sports Radio. Uh, Jimmy, couple. does this count as the first win, and did you have to kind of show up, William, after he got the poll out there? <laughs> um,
7: I, you know, points races are different, but we'll, we'll take this. Um, you know, we, we still need a points race win to, to say we've been back to victory lane. Um, it's a great first step today um, to get first reps with Kevin, a lot of new members on the team. Um, to bring Ally into the sport with a victory and qualifying third. You know, just a a really big day for the 48 team and uh, just building the confidence that we're going to need to carry into the season. And then when you look at what happened for Hendrick Motorsports today and also Chevrolet, uh, just an epic day across the board.
6: Go to Holly. Holly holly Kane, the nascar wire service that was kind of what i was going to get at was just if you could talk a little bit about how important it was maybe to come right out of the box for not only the new sponsor but i know for you looking to get back in the wing column and that kind of thing
7: yeah i mean you know there's different pressures put on each team and certainly outside pressures of of uh somebody came up with a great idea who's going to win first jimmy or chad and then you know the pressure can can we win again? You know, there's there's just different things that any and every team and driver deal with. Um, so to you know, work through that today and, and to to win today, um, just kind of I think helps with some of that outside pressure on on where the team is. And then internally, we uh, we've we've only talked about winning races. Kevin and I, this team, um, I've mentioned it many times, many different ways. I'm far from done, and. You know, so for us today, there there was no other no other thought process than to try to go out and win the pole and win the race, and we came close to doing both. So, um, just a great day, builds confidence for myself and the team, and um, hopefully we can get it done again. You know, next weekend, great way to start. Thank you.
0: We're gonna go to Matt, Mark, and then Dustin.
7: Matt Weaver Auto Week. I'll ask the
2: tough question: uh, winning the way it played out with the contact walk us through the
7: incident and does it take away from the celebration a little bit knowing that that's not the way you traditionally want to win a race yeah i I guess i need to look at it some more i mean i i was inside of him for a little while before things went you know went haywire so i don't know what caused his car to get out of control um i didn't hit his rear bumper cover i I made a move and got to the inside and was side drafting him and his car started wobbling so I, i don't know what caused it It's the last way I want to win a race. Um, I've lost plenty this way. Restrictor plates usually do end this way. So I don't, I mean, it's plate racing. And um, I'm here to win races. And I I hate there are a bunch of tore up cars. But I I didn't drive through a car and and create a wreck. So um, again, I'll look at it some more on tape. But from where I was sitting, it was just a racing incident.
0: Go to Mark and then Dustin.
7: Uh, Mark Carroll, PRN. Just following up on that, uh, Kurt was in here and felt like you were, he called it the no zone, hung on the uh, left rear quarter panel of the 21 too long and also passed below the yellow line. Your your uh, comments to that? So he wants the trophy.
4: <laughs>
7: I'd politicize him too. Why not?
0: <laughs> Go to Dustin.
7: Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um i guess it's just the matter of you just have to take the mindset of that's just this type of racing that there there can't be any remorse in a, in a situation not that that means that there's blame anywhere but just how the situation i'm just trying to how how the mindset works when when you go through something like this i mean when you when you drive into somebody and spin them out you you know you you know what you you did and i i pulled up alongside of another car and a, a wreck started so I mean, I'll, I'll take whatever blame is fairly supposed to be put on me. Um, but you know, let's let's remember that rain's coming. It's literally the white flag. And how many plate races have we seen where there's aggressive driving to try to win the race? That's that's simply all I was doing. I didn't try to crash Paul. I didn't drive through Paul. So it, it was a racing incident. And and I'm I'm very remorseful. I'm probably more remorse, remorseful than than any driver in the field when stuff like this happens. I don't I don't crash people to win races. Um, I looked in the mirror, and there were a lot of cars caught up in it, and, and I, I hate that aspect of it, so absolutely, I'm remorseful, um, but at the same time, I had a split-second decision to try to win a race, and I, I set up the pass and got position on him clean, and I don't, I don't know what triggered his car wobbling and the, the accident to start from there. Yep.
0: Any additional questions for Jimmy? We'll go to Bob and the back to Matt.
3: Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. At Talladega, the Fords are really able to hook up and... No one had anything
8: for at least for the Stewart Haas ones. Is are things just more even now? Is it the track? Is
7: it uh, maybe the way they're looking at skew, or do you feel like they're still extremely stout? Yeah, I, I feel like the rules have changed quite a bit, and you know the SHR Fords found something really good that worked for all four of their cars. Um, I would, I, would, I would guess that it's in the SKU department just because that's one of the bigger changes that's happened to the plate cars, um, but I, I, I don't know for sure. Go to Matt. Matt Weaver, Auto
2: Week again. Uh, Bob had asked my question, but I'll kind of add on to that. Is there anything that you saw today running closer to the front of the field to indicate that the 500 will play out similarly, even though there's more cars and maybe warmer conditions? In, in regards to how hard it was to pass.
7: Yeah, I mean, there, there were a lot of opportunities to pass. Um, but when the line is around the top, you, you get runs and you just you can't pull out. You know you, There's a line 20 cars long that you'll never get back in. That was just today and the 500 be 40 cars long. So um, it's circumstantial to what's going on. And this rules package has kind of trended towards the middle of the racetrack or the high lane. Just the cars stay wound up and you're higher in RPM and the engines pull better. The bottom lane, it's easy to really stop that car with the side draft and, and get their RPM too low to where the engine doesn't pull. So we're all kind of fighting for the outside in general. Restarts, the outside lane seems to be you know, the, the lane you want to be in, and that just kind of takes you forward. And then when it gets to single file on the top, I mean, you're just, you're just waiting. And that's, that's all we did. Every time we got you know, five or ten laps in, it went single file at the top, and uh, everybody's just waiting for that chance that it's safe to make a pass. Um, or or you, you think that you're coming to the checkered or something like that?
0: We're going to go in the back to Edgar, and then we'll go upstairs to the press box.
7: Yeah, Edgar Thompson, the Orlando Sentinel. How'd the race go this morning? The uh, foot race, no, it went good. The headwind down to the beach was uh, a bit more than than desired, but outside of that, it was it was a good day. What would you finish? I don't. I didn't see the official result, but chip said in the driver's meeting I ended up tenth but I'm not oh, okay. sure. I don't have official 14th 14th okay. overall gotcha so you're today I mean how much better do you feel than you did a year ago heading into the the week into uh, the week I, f- I feel good I mean it's tough to say what you have in Daytona for these two weeks really carry into the season in Atlanta Phoenix. California, all that stuff. So for this week and the success that we had today in qualifying and today on track, absolutely, it, it you know it's a great sign for the, the week ahead.
0: We'll go to Dinah and then go upstairs. I was just going to say the race results show you were first in your age group, and even so, I, I wondered if you'd heard what happened to McMurray's results because they're not showing at all.
7: Did he go below so the yellow line?
0: He, maybe, maybe he That's did. Exactly so you, what he happened. finished four minutes ahead of you, but you're the winner in the group
7: are are we in the same age bracket we think, so. think so yeah i don't know He he's definitely ahead of me
0: all right we'll go upstairs to the press box
1: i don't know how it works out maybe there was a performance enhancing okay. drug involved um
4: what was that
1: <laughs> i was teasing i said maybe there was a performance enhancing anyway uh, greg engelotta week hey um not about the race but the relationship between you and chad now because it's gone from a driver crew chief combination to um, a driver and and you know you it, Jimmy and Chad is there been is there a different kind of relationship how is that relationship now or or is there one
7: no it's it, there is there is a different relationship kind of growing and it's it's more on the kind of friendship side and personal side that has you know, always been there between myself and Chad but you know works occupy the majority of our our time with one another um, we are just at his house, uh, I guess last weekend, um, visiting his wife and his, his son and, um, hanging out with, with our two girls and just kind of getting together and hanging out with them. So, um, you know, it's, it's a transition for both of us and we're both working through it on the professional side, but the personal side, we've been great friends for a long time. And, um, you know, both of us want to make sure that our friendship, you know, is one that lasts a lifetime and, and that, uh, you know, we're, we're here for each other outside of you know, inside the racing bubble, but certainly outside with family and all the other stuff that goes with it.
1: We have one more question up here from the uh, Jeff Gluck. Go ahead. Jeff Gluck from jeffgluck.com. Um, Jimmy, you said you're remorseful. So now, now what happens? Like when you get back to your phone, are you going to have to do like outreach to your peers and send a group text and say, my bad? Or like what, what happens now?
7: Yeah, definitely reach out to Paul um, and talk with him through what happened and uh, and take it from there. I think a phone call goes much further than a text. Um, it'd be even better face-to-face, but I'm assuming he's gone. Uh, but certainly talk through it. I mean, I, I don't know if he or anybody else involved in the crash will care what I have to say. I mean, I've been in that position where I just didn't care. Um, but I, I will definitely do my best to explain what I was thinking and what was going on and and, um, you know, expect to hear, you know, his point of view as well.
2: Steven, Jimmy Johnson there in the media center after he's winning the class this past weekend at Dayton International Speedway. Uh, seems like a lot of the media members want to ask, <clears throat> excuse me, remorseful. Uh, You know, he said it was a race in the incident. Uh, I don't know, brother.
3: What's your take on it? I don't know. It's really hard to tell from some of the camera angles um the 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 only way it seems like a lot of them were being able to make any kind of passes were with the side draft and some of them becoming overly aggressive Paul Menard was well in control of that field and I think that was you know uh, Johnson didn't really have a way to get around him. Very few people were able to challenge him by any means. So even several Ford drivers trying to hook up on the bottom, and the bottom just wasn't working. So anybody that was ducking down to the inside of that 21 machine was was just uh, just there was just there was just no there was just no getting around that car for for one. Um, secondly the the aggressiveness of the the side drafting to try and make something happen not only in that position but throughout the field um, was starting to show as the rain kept coming as the intensities kept picking up as we kept going to red flags and coming back um, there was uh, you could definitely see the the pace of the race was changing and this is pretty indicative of a lot of these uh, restricted play events so um, I think uh you know I think you know each uh, i neither one of them you know Jimmy Johnson has not had the best and stellar career at at, um, at these restricted plate tracks he's wrecked out multiple multiple times um caused multiple instances um so you know he he uh, he's he's very hot and cold when it comes to these racetracks, and is more cold than he is hot um but at the end of the day you I mean, a lot of this is just you know racing incidents out there. On the track.
2: I would definitely agree. And, Stephen, before we jump out of here, you know, we got this new button on our software where we can actually call somebody. And I want to see if I can call Scott Revis, hauler driver there at JD Motorsports. Let's just see if we can get him. Maybe he won't answer and say who the hell this is. But anyway, before we jump out of here, let's see if we can get Scott Revis on the phone because I know. He might be driving down to Daytona right now. Uh, let's see if we can get him. He <laughs> probably doesn't want to ask because he know this number. Thought so we're going to strike out on this one, Steve. Let me see if we can call. Let me see if we find I don't like his number. I mean, you guys know, like just how big a boy is you? Who was that? Roy D. Mercer, Steven?
3: <laughs> yeah, that was Roy Mercer. He used to make these prank phone calls and, uh, he did one CD of prank, uh, pranking of NASCAR drivers. Um, I don't know. I think it was about probably close to ten ten years ago or something like that. But uh, uh, pretty some some pretty funny stuff. Yeah, it
2: was. Hey, let me let me punch in this and I'm, I'm gonna see if I can get a uh, a good friend Spencer board. Just throw out this. Uh, Spencer is doing a uh, show on our radio network every Monday night called the Eagles Nets with Spencer Boyd. And uh, Joshua Altus jumps in there, too. Let me see. let see. see. Uh, trying to find this number. Let's see if we can get. I know i seen where they were down there. And,
3: uh. Hey, this is Spencer Boyd. Sorry I missed your call. If you can leave your name and number, I'll give you a call back as soon as I can. Thanks.
6: At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options.
2: Hey, Spencer. This is Tim Stephen Steven Wilson in the pit stop with Tim Espanyol's Steven Wilson. Just going to give you a holler. You in the bed yet? I'm going to give you a call back. I don't know where to hang up at, Steve. I think I hung up. You still there, brother?
6: Yeah, I'm here.
2: Okay. Anybody else you want to call? I'm I'm in the pranking mode tonight. I'm trying to think of some. Uh, <laughs> <what's it? laughs> Bent, I can't Bent, think of anybody, anybody else. Let me see if I can get Joshua. Hold on, listeners. Uh, this is our new thing here. We uh, all right, here's Joshua's number. Hold on a minute. Let me see if I can get Joshua to answer. Joshua is uh, Spencer Board's PR guy. Hold on one minute. Let's see if we can call him. I didn't have my glasses on. I couldn't see nothing. All right, let's see if we can get... Uh,
8: Nobody
2: call. But I guess my old. Hi, you all. reached
8: the voicemail box of Joshua Altus with
3: Spencer Boyd Racing. I'm sorry I missed your call, but if you leave me a short message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you. At the tone,
0: please record your voice message. When you are finished recording, oh. Oh, you may hang you. up or press pound for more options.
2: Stop it! See, I can't figure out how to stop it.
0: Okay. Oh.
2: Oh. All right. Anyway. All right, well, we tried our prank calls tonight and did nothing go through. But, Stephen, I want to thank you. I want to thank Brandon McReynolds uh, for KMB Development Driver down there. Had a hell of a run there toward the end of the Archer race here at Daytona. I want to thank him for taking time to call in. I want to thank you, Stephen. Uh, is there anything you need? We need to get out before we jump out of here, brother. You got the floor.
3: Yeah, I'll run to the schedule hood this weekend out there at Daytona. I'm just gonna go through this very, very quickly because there's a lot of stuff going on. Thursday, Thursday night the uh, duel with Daytona uh, first race that it's at seven o'clock. Second race eight forty five. Sixty class one hundred fifty miles for both of them. Um, then on Friday we've got NASCAR uh, tours, truck series. Yeah, they. It's hard. Yeah, that's, yeah. Tough, bro. Yeah, that's tough. the new one. I had to think about it for a minute. 4:40 for qualifying for them. Next year Energy 250 at 7:30. Um, that's, uh, that's 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 uh, 100 laps, 250 miles for them. Xfinity Series uh, on Saturday uh, qualifying 9:40 a.m. Uh, Xfinity Series racing um, the NASCAR racing experience. 300, 120 laps, 300 miles, 2:30 for that. Then on Sunday, the Great American Race, 61st running of the Daytona 500, five hundred, two thirty p.m. Uh, Wayne Byron, Alex Bowman going to lead the field to green 200 laps, 500 miles for them. Uh, oh, yeah, um, it'll be on Fox. Fox I have the coverage. um, X and everybody's got it, and I'll be there. So,
2: Thanks, brother. Y'all check out Steven Woodson's com, Check out his website. He will be covering everything from the Great American Race there at Daytona International Speedway. And me and him have been texting. I might I might have to hop near a plane and fly down there and check on Steven out. But anyway, uh, Stephen, like I said, I want to thank you. I want to thank your wife, A.M. I want to thank my darling wife, Suzanne, for manning the phones here. And I want to thank Brandon McReynolds for taking time out to call in the pit stop tennis fan Stephen Wilson. And next Tuesday evening, it's not rolling neat yet. We might have Cody Ware from Wickware Racing. I have him come on the show. And then after that, Stephen and I will be, i got to pick Stephen up at the airport. We will be going to the ATL after the Great American Race. But, Stephen, thanks again, brother. Thanks to all our listeners. We will talk to you next Tuesday night live from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Espain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson.
8: Some painted ladies That sparkled in the light Country girls that love The lover's mood Some I never really knew Though always wanted to Some I only met once in a room Some said they liked my smile Others of them stayed a while While others left me on the run I mm-hmm. love the never lasted until dawn. Here's to the memories. Everyone's a part of me. Oh, I love them every one.
1: On February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com.